TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. Scope with a blast to left field. Way back and long gone. Wow. Drive to right center field and deep. Going back is good one at the wall. That ball is gone. Polanco. Blasted to right center field, and that's not coming back. CJ Crone. The fourth against Harvey. High fly to deep left field. Going back is Fletcher. And Sano has two today. And the Twins have five. Now a ball driven to deep right center field. That's chased by Calhoun. And that ball's gone. Scope has two today. There's a deep blast to right field. And another home run for the Twins. Number seven. Blasted to center field. Deep to center field. Home run number eight on the day. And Rosario has ended his home run drought. Those home runs courtesy of Fox Sports North. Dick Bramer. I heard Mike Herman had a couple of calls yesterday. This is the Score North first place twin show on Score North on 1500. I'm Derek Wetmore along with Judd Zulgad. Manny Hill, our bombastic producer on the other side of the glass. <laughs> and man, the home runs, guys. It's the gift that keeps on giving. If you ever had any question about what we're going to talk about on the show, the twins seem to answer it on a nightly basis. Before we get started here, just wanted to share a quick programming update we've been talking a lot of twins baseball on this station since we became score north starting on monday the score north twin show is expanding to five days per week you can find us at noon every weekday on score north and it's also available on scorenorth.com apple spotify or anywhere you listen to podcasts i use podcast republic on my android device so anywhere you find your twin shows you will now hear from us myself Rami Makhlouf, Judd Zolgad, Glenn Perkins, Patrick Royce, Manny Hill, on and on and on and on. Five days a week talking Twins baseball. Judd, you're on vacation, but I imagine you got to see a lot of those Twins bombs throughout the week. What do you think coming back to this team that just can't stay in the park? Uh, yeah, I, I was in Vegas, but of course I was hanging out most of the time at sportsbooks. And the great thing about when the Twins play out in California and you're on Pacific time is the games start at normal times. And so I, uh, it's amazing. I caught both games before they got rained out. They actually got rained on and then couldn't play on the field on Wednesday. Got home in time to see the majority of the eight, eight home runs on Thursday. Uh, it's crazy. And I will read this to you verbatim from the Star Tribune today because it is mind-boggling the pace at which this team is uh, currently hitting home runs. The Twins took over the MLB lead in home runs for 2019 and are now on pace to obliterate, <laughs> obliterate, which is a great word, <laughs> a great word. <laughs> the record of 267 set by last year's New York Yankees. In 49 games now, the Twins have 98 home runs. They are on pace to hit 324. So the record last year set by the Yankees, 267. The Twins right now are on pace for 324 home runs. It is is nuts. It's incredible. 
When I was down at spring training for about three or four days with you in February, Derek Wetmore, yeah. I looked, that was the first time I looked and said, okay, this team can hit. Mm-hmm. I have doubts about pitching, starting pitching and bullpen. There is no question in my mind that this team can hit. But if you were to ask me that day that, that I came to that just brilliant conclusion, okay, but what happens if Mitch Garver's off to a great start and he gets hurt and, and Nelson Cruz is not playing for what, eight days? I would have said to you, okay, they can still hit, but it's going to hurt them. It's incredible. Nothing slows them down. Now, now, do I expect this to keep up at this pace? Absolutely not. But when you consider the amount of power sources that this team has right now, and, and Garver, who I think when he got hurt, hurt his leg was at nine home runs, and Cruz is a central, uh, key, important guy to this Twins team when it comes to power, and they're out and they hit eight home runs, and the franchise record since the team moved from Washington uh, to Minnesota in 1961 is eight home runs in a game, and they've done that twice this year (laughs) in makeup games against Baltimore. That's the best stat. And I think against Baltimore, we said, well, yeah, but it's Camden Yards. It's a band box. Also, it's Orioles pitching. And and you know what? (laughs) Credit to Baltimore. The Orioles, God bless you. You are so committed to being bad that you are pathetic. Committed to the bit. Yeah, but but the Angels, who, by the way, you know, okay, they're not that great. Yeah. But nonetheless, if you told me that you were going to go hit eight home runs and tie the franchise record and do it twice this year, no, I don't care who you are. <laughs> I don't care if you're Derek Falvey, Thad Levine, Rocco Baldelli, uh, Tim Kirchin, Buster Only, go down the list of the brightest baseball minds. There is nobody, there is nobody who could have seen this coming, and if they say that they even had an inkling, they're lying to you. You didn't include Rami Makhlouf on that list of great baseball. I assume just an accidental omission on your part. Yeah, and God bless them, but there's no way that anybody (laughs) saw this power surge is absolutely yeah, nuts. It's bananas. So we, we're missing Rami today. Rami's out uh, f- for this version of the Score North Twins show. Yeah, he's going home. But, of course, he'll be a big part of things once we get kicked off Monday with the new expanded Score North Twins show schedule five days a week here at noon on Score North and Score North on 1500. Here's the list, guys. Manny played the clip off the top of the show, and as you can tell, in April, well, March and April, the Twins were... Just hitting regular home runs. You heard, oh, that's what a home run sounds like. You'd hear the snap of the bat. You'd hear uh, the fans maybe react, especially if it was a home game. Oh, cheers for the home run. Now they're just hitting bombs off of their bat, and it's fun to listen to. They're just explosions. And the one that really stood out to me, we can we can break down. I, I think we have time for this. We can break down every single home run if we want to do that. Maybe sometime later on this show. But the one that was like, wow, where did that come from? Was Jonathan Scope hitting one, something like 470 feet out to left field oh. at Angel State. I mean, that, we overuse the word on this show, and I'm not going to apologize for it. That was a bomb. That was never coming back. The pitcher, as soon as he let it go, and then Scope just gets that nice, comfortable swing three-run tater and watches it go, and the pitcher's just like, ah, oof. Can, can I add Matt Harvey for, wanted that yeah, one back. I'm just going to say, Matt Harvey, my <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that's part of this. That, that's that, part of this. That, that, happened awful, with, that happened with the Mets, and it's just a, oh a my continuation. Oh, God, is he bad. That's part of this. I saw, I saw him pitch. He pitched here on a Saturday afternoon. I think in his rookie year at Target Field, it, it was the series in which, which um, they had a Friday night game called 
they made that game up, I think, in September, and oh, and Maurer took the ball game, or, August, yeah. or August, mm-hmm. and that basically uh, was the beginning of the end for Joe. Anyway, Harvey pitched here on a Saturday, and his stuff was electric. I fell in love. Yes. Man crush. Total man crush. Definitely. That stuff was unbelievable. One and of the best nicknames in baseball in the last 20 years. Dark Tom Verducci called him the Dark Knight. Yes, yeah. absolutely. But that now is so far gone, yeah. and he is, I think he's done. I think unless oh, he, yeah. I think unless he rediscovers something, no. he's done. But this, but this team now, uh, well, there, there's two things here, too, in my mind. But credit to the Twins for taking advantage. You know what? We started th- this year, I think, confidently saying the American League Central is not that good. And now we, I thought Cleveland was was better than this because they're just bad now. But we said the Twins are going to, or they should, beat up on the division. And I think that that w- was an accurate assessment. What's incredible now, though, is if you look at their schedule, they've barely played the division. Yeah. Right. And who and and, right. and and the bigger talker is this, and this is where the Twins absolutely can pounce and this is where i think the twins are in a position to make an actual run this is not just a pop-up deal the american league's not very good yeah i know and so you are you are taking advantage of the torontos good for you the angels baltimore as we talked about is a dumpster fire and so there there is now a world of opportunity to win a ton of series that I, I think in spring training, you said to yourself, okay, that might be okay. Sure. But no, it's not. Right. It's all there for you. Was if, it six teams over 500 in the American League right now only? I thought it was less than that. Might be. Yeah, I'd might have be to count, but that. it's bad. It's bad. It's bad and good for the Twins for taking advantage. If you want to, if you're listening live and you want to get in on the show, 651-646-8255. This is the Score North first place Twins show. Uh, basically, just talking bombs away. It might just be all day here. Seven, uh, seven teams in the American League are okay. Saul's so off on so that. Yankees, Rays, Red Sox, Twins. Um, the Indians are one game over. Then you got Houston and Texas. Okay, Texas. Te- Texas in is there. one game. Over. Okay, there you go. They snuck so, back in there. I mean, they, the Yankees are going to get healthy at some point. That's going to be a good team. I still think Boston's a good team. Houston, to me, is the class of the American League. But here's where seven weeks, almost two full months into this baseball season, the Twins, for anyone who wants to talk about, is this fluky or does this keep going? They can't keep this starter ERA. They can't hit 350 home runs in a season. Look, It looks like they're going to. The very least you can say right now about the Minnesota Twins is that they are one of those teams among the class of the American League. I want them to get, and I've been saying this for a while now, I'd like to see them get one more starter and some bullpen help. Sure. But that's not to win the division. I mean, division. we're picking nits, right? The division right, is point. theirs. Yeah. Right, but this is this now goes back to what Levine talked about in January, which is we don't know. We think this is going to be a decent team, but we don't know. And now you know. That's right. And, and it, it's a combination of your team's playing great baseball and it's taking advantage of bad teams. And so this now has gone from being what could be a successful year, which I think I think we thought that they would probably at least have competition from Cleveland for the division title. They are at this point going to run away with the American League Central. So now it becomes okay, given what you have and the opportunity that is being presented here for your team, what can you do not to win the division, but to actually 
at least once you get into July, I guess, set yourself up to make a legitimate run. And I'm talking a run at the World Series. Yep. This lineup's deep enough right now. I don't don't think you need to add a bat. We talked about that in spring. Maybe that you were going to need some bolstering. This lineup doesn't need bolstering. Here are the home runs. This is a... Champ, this is a world championship winning lineup. I would say so. Yesterday, 100%. the home runs in Anaheim. Jonathan Scope, Jorge Polanco, CJ Krohn, Miguel Sano, Miguel Sano again, Jonathan Scope again, Max Kepler before he got hurt, Eddie Rosario. <laughs> yeah. Add on to the top of that, Byron Buxton is hitting. Marwin Gonzalez has a World Series title. Mm-hmm. Nelson Cruz is expected to be activated tonight unless there's some sort of, you know, maybe his tests don't go well on Friday. Well, you can bring him along weekend. slowly now. Absolutely like there's right. no there's no big rush. Mitch Garver was working out at Target Field. He'll be back before too much longer. I mean, th- I, that's shocking to me. When I saw he had a high ankle sprain, I thought he was going to be goodbye for a while. But how about Jason Castro? Jason Castro's been amazing. Like we up all... and down this lineup, it's ridiculous. Yes, how yeah. much production you get, even though we they haven't had full health so far this season. You know what this is reminding me of, and I hope knock on wood that I'm not like jinxing them. For some sort of like heartbreak ending. Lay it on me, Manny Hill. But it it has the way this lineup is hitting, Judd, it has the same sort of feel as the Vikings in '98. With just how hmm. potent that offense was, and they were destroying everybody. It's in- interesting that you say that because, and I ask uh, a chip this on our podcast today that, that I think is going to be posted here shortly at the website. I said, when's the last time? That you and I'm not saying something was like, oh, this is fun. When's the last time that you had the confidence in a team after seeing a a large amount of the product and said this team is legitimately really good? And and we both said 2009 Vikings because mm-hmm. the Case Keenum 2017 Vikings was a great story. It was special, but you also always came back to it's Case Keenum, right? And so. We both said the last time that we watched a product and said, this is legitimately really good, was the 2009 Vikes. And I, I think that that's right. And the game in that case was game was week three, San Francisco. Favre throws that incredible pass uh, for, for the touchdown to, to uh, Lewis in the back of the end zone. Mm-hmm. But when you watch this Twins team, now I think that there's areas that can get help. Mm-hmm. But to go back to the fact that this team just scores runs and has so much power... It doesn't feel like a nice story. If and and I also love the fact again that they're pouncing on a league in which opportunity has presented itself. They are yeah. putting themselves in the same category as the Houston Astros. Yep, they're ahead of the Cleveland Indians. Just national perception and how they're playing and everything. I would say that they're ahead of the Yankees and the Red Sox right now, just in terms of how people view this team, how deep this lineup is. Now, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves to say they're going to be the second-best team in the American League and they're going to be battling it out with the Astros and the ALCS, but (laughs) that's the sight that you can set right now if you're a Twins fan. If you're excited about this team and you're not sure, should I get fully on the bandwagon, that is absolutely the company that they keep right now, and it's not three weeks into the season. It's not... Oh, it was a nice first month, and we'll see if that was their hottest month of the year. They've stacked multiple now, back-to-back, amazing months offensively. They're on pace. I know you mentioned 324 home runs earlier, guys. I didn't realize that. 324 divided by 2 is exactly 162. They're they're hitting two home runs per game Mm -hmm. right now as a team, which is bananas. And Mm -hmm. they're on pace to score 955 runs. So... 
for all the people that want to talk small sample size or don't want to buy in on this team or, hey, it's Minnesota sports. I've seen this other shoe drop before. Watched this movie one too many times. I think that's overly pessimistic, unnecessarily pessimistic. This team right now has itself in the conversation with the best teams in baseball. I think it's very safe to challenge them, though, and say this. If you if you want this to translate to the fall, you need more bullpen because that's that's where you're, you're going to play teams where you can't count on scoring eight runs per game, and so the bullpen has to be bolstered. Because, But that's the challenge here. But, yeah. but it's a good thing. It's a challenge of, okay, this opportunity is presenting itself, and so far you've done a masterful job of taking advantage. Now what's the next step? And if the step is we are going to compete in – the playoffs with let's say the Astros Yankees go down that list it becomes you need to have at least one more if not two more guys in that bullpen who can come out and you can win a game three to two that's a challenge it's a big challenge but, because... but that, and that's where if they don't do something eventually that that's where I think the the pessimism that comes from the state is justified but I think that they will. Houston Astros were a great team, and then they went and made a waiver deadline deal for Justin Verlander. Yep. Mm-hmm. They had a bullpen that year. Even though, if I remember correctly, part of their World Series run was like overcoming a bit of a melting down bullpen that had been so great for them. That was amazing. And I think that the Twins are going to need... I think of pitching in two different buckets. There's the bucket that you use to get to October 1st. That's the bucket they're playing in right now. That includes everybody. From Jose Barrios right on down to, you know, Mike Morin, Austin Adams, Trevor Hildenberger, Fernando Romero, Adalberto Mejia, everybody's on that list. When you get to October 1st, when the postseason starts and you're lining up game one of the American League Division Series, which is a luxury this team's going to have, you are now talking about mm, eight eight pitchers. Mm-hmm. In, in, in my book, you've got your four starters that you're going to use to get through the series and then you've got your relievers. Taylor Rogers going to need you to pitch back-to-back nights. Going to need you to pitch three out of four if that's what it comes to. Yeah. That's where I think this Twins team is actually better equipped for October than some people give it credit for right now. I think that they have guys at the back end of that bullpen. Would one more help? <laughs> Absolutely. Would Craig Kimbrell help? Would he make this 25-man roster look better? Would he improve that eight-man pitching staff I'm talking about? Yes. Without a doubt, there are a bunch of trade targets, too, who I think that would make that group much better. And that's what they might do, I think. I, I, that's that's a smart path. I think that's what I would do if I it's, was the Twins. It's just that the, the one the one place where they're going to have to sit down and deviate from the original plan is not, probably not your best ones. But you're now going to have to look long and hard and strategically at trading prospects. And, and there, there, there was a time where you probably thought to yourself, let's see how this plays out. And, and I'm sure... To your point about buckets, there's buckets of prospects. Yep, and, and I don't yep. want, and I don't want to touch those top probably bucket two one is off top. or three. <laughs> yep, yep, you know, but yep. the top two are not. Uh, if it's me, I'm not going to trade them. But after that, I I'm think, not trading Gratterall either. But I get where you're going. Okay, with this. so that that's your top three. Yep. So Kirilov, Lewis, Gratterall, Gratterall. untouchable. But, that you don't don't even sure. call me about those guys. But it's not bu- worth it. But bucket two now is very much going to be in play. Oh yeah, and needs to be. And and I will say this as well, and I I know that um, Mr. McAlob does not like this conversation, but the other guy who you have to think about trading, especially if you can keep him hot for any period of time, Miguel Sano. If that can get me pitching, I'm definitely because I don't trust him. Even after he hit two home I runs don't, yesterday, no, I don't like want that. Him in no, the no, 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 I like that. Keep I love the home runs. Keep them coming so I can trade you. <laughs> 
<laughs> but if I can trade, but but that's the one guy on the oh, current John. roster that I have to think. But but that's the that is the fun part about the success and where this conversation now needs to go is exploring the unexpected. So I agree with you that this is a summer to make trades. I disagree with you that it was not part of the original plan. I think Derek Falvey, Thad Levine, the whole brain trust is of many minds. And I'll explain yep. what I mean. I, I think that they come into this year and say, what's the worst thing that could happen? This, 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 and this. What would we do in that case? Okay, well, it's probably, yeah, probably trade some veterans, probably load up again for next year, figure out what went wrong and make, make it better for 2020. Hmm. At the same exact time, they're thinking, what's the best case scenario? What's the best thing that could happen? And I would suggest this is it. This is the best thing that possibly could have happened. Barrios is off to a great start. Project Martin Perez is flying. It's a, a wild success. Jake Odorizzi has really taken an onus on himself and become a better pitcher. This is the best we've ever seen Jake Odorizzi. Kyle Gibson, he's had some great starts. He's had some shaky starts. Michael Pineda is the one in the starting rotation that you question a little bit. Offensively, I'm not even going to go blow for blow because we don't have that much time. This is only an hour show. Everything has gone right for the Twins offensively. I think that was part of their thinking is that if this all goes great, what does 2019 look like? And it looks like trading prospects. It looks like adding your version of Justin Verlander, your version of I agree Andrew you. Miller, your version of Araldo I'm Chapman. with you completely. But I think in, in the middle of winter, what uh, Derek and Thad were thinking was, okay, let's put odds on us going down these paths. And the path that you're talking about now, I think, was probably, let's say, 10%. Sure. And yeah. so, so now yeah, you have to fair. go back. And, and there would be years. There would be years and time periods where bucket one of prospects would be in play. I don't think it's now. But these guys are are incredibly strategic. Yeah, I, and I they think trade. through And they think through every potential permeation of where things might go. But, you know, I, I think at Twins Fest, if you had gone up to Thad and been like, all right, have have you thought of absolute best case? He'd say yes, but it's probably a small chance because they're not dumb guys. And so I think you are right, but now the conversation becomes, okay, let's let's peel away the curtain for best case. Mm -hmm. What was there? Mm -hmm. It's like a game show. Think about, let's go back to the winter tour, the off season, and think about all, all the talk was what? Should they get in on Manny Machado or, or Bryce Harper? Why aren't they getting in on that? You know, so many fans saying, why aren't they getting in on that? Look at this lineup now. <laughs> I but mean, didn't need them. But don't yeah. you think that that was pie in the sky fans? I, I never sure, took them. Totally. I never took them totally. seriously. But, but it's, it's, I amazing. talked about it all the time. Yeah. But and that was pie in the sky. It's, it's amazing that those conversations were being had. And it's like, now you look at the way this team is hitting and it's like, Sure, it'd be great to have Manny Machado, but where would you put him? They, where would you, they, they, <laughs> but, but they, they don't need him. Jorge Polanco's one of the best they hitting shortstops in the big leagues. I'd have a third base <laughs> because I would have traded Miguel Sano. Yeah, we know you would have. We know and you would have. I still might. You're listening to the Score North Twin Show on Score North. We've been calling it the Score North First Place Twin Show, and it doesn't look like that'll stop anytime soon. Uh, Derek Falvey joined the broadcast on Fox Sports North yesterday for a few innings, and that was a ton of fun. We're going to talk about some of the insights that he gave us. On the other side of this break, some of the things he talked about with Martin Perez and Miguel Sano particularly caught my eye. With Manny Hill and Judd Zolgad, I'm Derek Wetmore for the Score North First Place Twin Show. 
The Score North Twin Show. Have you guys ever wondered what it's like to be a twin? On Score North and scorenorth.com. Football fans, it's Mackie here for Federated Insurance. You might not know this about me, but I've been a business owner a couple different times in my life. I can relate to the roller coaster ride, the never ending sea of problems to solve, the exhilaration of those incremental wins. If you're a business owner, I recommend getting to know Federated, which has over a century of experience in protecting businesses and making them as successful as they can be. You want a company like Federated standing behind your business? Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. Welcome to the all-new Score North. Minnesota sports, anytime, anywhere. ScoreNorth.com. Score North has launched a new podcast series called Minnesota Sports Rewind, where we go back and do deep dives in some of the most prominent moments in Minnesota sports history. Right now, you can find episodes on the Twins-Tigers Game 163. I was at that game. It was fantastic. And uh, Twins-A's Game 5 from the uh, 2002 American League Division Series. It's Minnesota Sports Rewind on scorenorth.com, Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you find podcasts. Gentlemen? Thank you, Manny. Score North, first place twin show with Manny Hill and Judd Zolget. I'm Derek Wetmore. Uh, program announcement for next week, starting on Monday. The Score North Twin Show is expanding to five days per week at noon every weekday on Score North. Yes, including Memorial Day. We're going to do some best ofs, but it still counts. Also available on scorenorth.com, Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you'd find your podcasts. That's where you can get the Score North Twin Show, which includes great, great contributors like Patrick Royce, Glenn Perkins, Tom Kelly, Tim Kirkjian, Buster Olney, Manny Hill, Rami Makloff, Judd Zolgad, myself, Derek Wetmore, and I'm sure I'm probably forgetting somebody, so I'm sorry. It's a laundry list. That's a long list, Derek. It's a loaded cast, and we have a ton of fun talking twins every can single I ask a quick day. Question: You can Monday, Memorial Day, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Why are the twins playing a six ten game against the Brew Crew on Monday? So Manny and I can go and get a beer and not feel <laughs> guilty about day drinking. How's that not a one ten game? Oh, How's that know. not an afternoon game? I don't know. They didn't consult with Come me. Come on, guys. <laughs> Come on. I don't have a good answer for you. Guys, my dad texted me yesterday, and he's very worried that if the Twins continue to win games in such a lopsided manner, that the American League's going to vote to kick them out, much like the Mayak did oh, St. Thomas. I I, yeah, your dad was not the first to think of that. <laughs> he's very nervous. I saw that a few, few places. Very nervous that these uh, Twins, well, you got to break up the Twins. M- much like the Mayak, then the American League might want to consider improving itself. That's right. Do something. Something about it. Stop these twins. Derek Falvey joined the Fox Sports North broadcast yesterday, guys, after kind of a weird, like, soggy conditions out in Anaheim. The field just didn't drain quick enough on Wednesday to get the game in. And Anaheim, they have this weird thing. It's like every getaway day, it's still a night game. So I don't know if they would have been able to play it during the day. Probably not because of the rain. But anyways, they didn't play Wednesday's game. They had to push it to Thursday. I'm guessing Latroy Hawkins had some other commitment. No, he's talking about his on daughter a, graduated high school. There you go. He's talking about on a broadcast recently. Yep. Some graduations in the family. So, yeah, congratulations to the Hawkins family. However, it left the twins scrambling a little bit to find a partner for Dick Bramer in the booth, and they piecemealed it together. And it was a really fun game actually good. to watch. Danny Gladden, Corey Provis, uh, who else was in there? Mike Herman, the team's director of travel. Okay. Derek Falvey. Jumped in the booth for the first three innings and did he rip them? Yeah, it was. He, he's, you gotta, you gotta run that you one out. You gotta make that play. You think we're good? Come on, kid. We ain't that good. <laughs> Come on, kid. Don't get these cocky. guys aren't worth the money they're making. It's May twenty third. Come on, 
Run that ground ball out. No, he was he was actually I was surprised at how insightful Falvey was. And that's not a slight on him. He's a very insightful guy. But you're the chief baseball officer, and then you're put in what I would consider right, a highly pressure situation. You don't want to say too much. You don't want to be boring. I thought he was really good. Derek can be when Derek wants to. He can turn it on, man. He's very thoughtful. He can be very, very good. It was I also I also think his partner in crime there. Has helped him. Oh, for sure. You that can is, feel it. Yep. That is so good. And Thad, Thad tells you a ton, but he, I don't think he crosses that that line. I think that's the problem with executives in sports. They stay so far away from the line. Levine's a genius at walking up to it. He is. And I think Falvey, again, a very bright, uh, um, perceptive man. Yeah. I think he's seen how Levine does things. It's like, oh, I can say more. It was great that they didn't adopt the football mentality. Because imagine if Rick Spielman did the first half of a Vikings game, Judd. Oh, it's done in the preseason, in by the way. Fox. He, he comes in the booth. Let's know? say he goes in there and they're like, all right, so... Uh, Albert's call the uh, play-by-play, and we just need you to fill in the gaps with some analysis, Rick. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's literally what you would hear if that was asked of Rick Spielman. That was a great drop, Manny. Thank you for dropping that. Exactly. And Falvey, to his credit, was not only like calm, but insightful. And so I want to get to some of the insights that he laid on us yesterday that, that I think are worth digging into, guys. Uh, I have like a, what, a half dozen written here. We can just go blow by blow. If if there's any you want to dig deeper on, let's dig deeper. If you just want to move past, let's go past it. He mentioned, and I didn't know this. Maybe I wasn't paying enough attention, but that Martin Perez actually showed up early to spring training as was working with coaches and and uh, playing catch and working on not only some of this pitch selection and repertoire and stuff, but then of course Jake Odorizzi shows up for Twins. Twins camp when he reports with uh, the rest of his pitchers and catchers brethren, and he taught him this cutter, basically. So it was interesting to me that Martin Perez not only signed up with the Twins, was like, yeah, this is the place I want to revive my career at 28, former top prospect, let's do it. But he shows up early and is like, yeah, let's start the tinkering. Why wait? And now he's turned into, I mean, he's the team leader in wins, right? So technically, that's best pitcher on the starting staff. Maybe a bit of a stretch, I don't know, but the way that he developed early in spring training, it's just fascinating to so me. So here, here's my question with Martin Perez. Who really told him the cut fastball is, is perfect? Because he keeps saying his agent had been doing it. Wes Johnson's getting some credit here. Now it sounds like... So I'm curious about the person that got through to him and said, this is perfect for you. It's never one person, right? I would guess. Right, but I mean, so, but, but I can't, I can't decide if Perez has been trying to credit his agent based on the fact that obviously that's going to get him more clients. Because my gosh, if he can figure out things sure. for his pitching sure, sure. Uh, clients, that would be fantastic. Well, what he figured out is get your pitchers to go pitch in Minnesota and all is well. But Ola Rizzi, <laughs> I, I give him credit. Because when the Twins got him in what February of two thousand eighteen. Yeah, that trade. I, I remember. Uh, and. I thought that that the guy we're seeing now would be the guy that we saw much more a semblance of consistently sure. last year, and we did not. Yeah, and that kid came back here, or that guy came back here and adjusted things, worked hard because this is the guy I thought we'd see when when the Twins made that trade, and the guy that we saw consistently in uh, 2018 was underwhelming. Yep, this guy's been a really good version of what we thought. I'd say even underwhelming is somewhat relative because he was still a 
decent starting pitcher. It's not like he was a disaster for the Twins. I know he was really disappointed in the season that he put together. So he went and kicked it in the butt this offseason, basically, for wanting of a better phrase. He went to a camp, correct? He went to the Florida Baseball Ranch with Randy Sullivan that Kyle Gibson credits as part of his turnaround there. I think they're in Lakeland, Florida, if I remember correctly. But in any case, well, he went there, people. and it was like... Well, <laughs> I'm just walking awful. away from that one. Lakeland's awful. It was like this... <laughs> it was Houston. Not only is he healthy, but he's also physically fit. But Jake Odorizzi has always had, from the first day that I met him, spring training last year, he's always had this amazing pitching mind he he might actually be I don't know this for sure Wes Johnson have a better answer for you than I would but he might be the most cerebral pitcher that the twins have in the starting staff in terms of like he knows his stuff he knows how it plays he knows he doesn't have the world's biggest fastball but he also knows it rides really well at the top of the zone and he can throw that upstairs and get by some big sluggers who are trying to sort of uppercut the ball and hit it out of the park he's he just knows his stuff really exceptionally well. And actually, I heard Odorizzi on, well, Kyle Gibson's podcast. I'll give it a shout out. He deserves it. It's on, uh, I think it's on Twins Radio Network, where Gibson sits down with his teammates once a week and does a quick interview. Odorizzi was talking about, you know, passing on the cutter to Martin Perez. I don't know if it was specifically about that or if he was just used that as a way to say this, that when he was with Tampa, because remember he he got traded all around. I think it was Milwaukee to Kansas City to Tampa. And when he showed up in Tampa, Alex Cobb taught him that split finger changeup that Cobb used to such great, great success before he got hurt. And Odorizzi sort of talked with Gibson on that show about how – like refreshing that is or how surprising maybe that some guy's going to tear down the curtain and say like, here, this is how I have success. Now go make the team, you know, go, go make the rotation technically competing for a spot in the rotation. Right. Yeah. And he goes and makes him better. Odorizzi now to his credit turned around and did the exact same thing, paid it forward. I, I think that's a really cool thing for Odorizzi to do. Help, uh, help Martin Perez's career play up and really, it's been rejuvenated here in Minnesota this year. Are we start oh, just looking at this the the pitching staff and the guys who have had success in the rotation overall? Are we just starting to see the the reputation of Derek Falvey being so good with pitching because that was that was like his specialty, right? Like when he was when they were hired, when him and Thad were hired, that was the big talker about about Derek Falvey was that he's really good with pitching. He's really good with identifying pitching. And making the most out of the the pitching that that he has, yeah, it seems like all of that is starting to come into fruition now. I think when you look at it, what's happened here combined with what happened his past few seasons in Cleveland before he got to Minnesota, it's a it's a trend. It's a definite. This doesn't happen by accident in two different cities that he happened to have his fingers all over. With guys like Martin Perez and Jake Odorizzi, and, and Odorizzi's been a solid pitcher for the most part of his whole career, but now it just starts to seem like everything is coming together right, like they're in the right situation to get the most out of who these guys are. The question is this, how much of the X factor here is Wes Johnson? Yeah. Well, and he deserves credit too. Yeah. And the different philosophies that he brought in. I think I think part of the success of what Falvey has done here as well, you guys, is a willingness and an openness to adjust, adapt, and change quickly, mm-hmm. which, you know, old school baseball people hate. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. hate. And these guys, I think, it, it comes back to this, and it drives, this word drives the old guard crazy. Oh, I like this. But I get what they're talking about. 
And sports does not lend itself to this consistently, especially old school sports people. It's the collaboration thing. Yeah. Because basically, if, if I go to you and say you're wrong and you ask, why am I wrong? And I can give you a very coherent, excellent explanation of why you screwed this up. And you're like, oh, okay. And I think that's where, where the new guard of baseball people are going. And it's very, very smart. But listen, if you look at this, look at roster construction. Look at what these guys learned about roster construction. As as excited as we got about some of the guys that they signed, especially in spring training in 2018, it was a lousy construction of a roster because you brought in, unfortunately, malcontents. Yeah. And that clubhouse last year was no good. I mean, I, I had a person associated with this team who has nothing to gain by saying this, say, this clubhouse is awful. Mm-hmm. And these guys looked at, at that. And so so we're talking here chemistry. We're not talking. We're talking chemistry. I like it. And and this year is, with almost everyone they signed, the polar opposite. It's guys brought in very early. It's veterans. Marwin Gonzalez could be could be a pain in the ass. He hasn't hit great. He's hit at times, but not great. He's being asked to play right field now for the first time, I believe, in his major league life. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things where he could be like, this is sort of BS. I didn't sign up to play right field. I thought I'd play third and some first, and he's not. And you know what he's been? Nothing but a professional. Mm-hmm. And he's won championships. And so if you look at yep. him, if you look at him and think to yourself, you know what? I got a gripe with Rocco today. Yeah. And I'm then you look hosed. at Marwin Gonzalez. Exactly. And you say, oh, I better shut up. Yeah. That guy's got more cred than I do, most likely, unless it's Nelson Cruz looking at him. Most likely got more cred than I do. Absolutely. And he is not making a peep but like about this. Wes Johnson, first, I, I believe, right? First college pitching coach, essentially. To go straight to, to the go Rangers. straight, right. To yep. go straight to the big leagues. And Derek Johnson kind of blazed the trail, but but he didn't go straight to the big right. And this, but this guy's brought in philosophies that clearly yes. the clearly Falvey, who by the way knows pitching, that Wes sat there and told him something yep. where he had to have said, "Oh, hold on a second. Yep. And think about think about how many veteran GMs would be like, "Well, no, exactly right. Get out of here." Derek Falvey, Wes Johnson, Jeremy Hefner. Yeah. There's a laundry list of we couldn't even in the 20 minutes we have left on this show could not name everybody in the research and development part department that has had their hands on pitching because we, we don't know and they won't tell us I was gonna say, <laughs> that's we, great we don't even know all the names of people that work in that department secrets are very well kept over there at one twins way but there are a lot of people that have their hands on in fact somebody told me in spring training uh that that they don't like the whole broadcast, what everybody does necessarily. I mean, the big roles, you, you, you can't hide a Wes Johnson. Like, he's the pitching coach, so you're going to talk about it. Sure. But they don't want everyone to know about everything. And Falvey told me on the radio show, actually, that there were, like, he said, as many as six people working on what I called him in the question, uh, Project Martin Perez, how many people are working on that? And he said, like, oh, six, maybe plus. And I have to think that's a little light. On the number of people that have impacted the career what does that mean of exactly, Martin Perez, do you think? What do you mean? So the, so the, the six people? Yeah. So, so like, what are what are they doing to try and and uh, milk the most that they can from him? Sure. Well, Perez actually, Glenn Perkins talked about this at length yesterday on Glenn Perkins on baseball. That's a great podcast. You can find that. Thank you. You sure can so. find that on the uh, Score North Twin Show podcast feed on Apple and Spotify and wherever you find them. Score North app. Too. It's posted on the Score North app and on ScoreNorth.com right now. If you want to find it, Perk had a great insight on it. 
he's thrown with a higher velocity. That's partly impact of Wes Johnson. So anytime your velocity ticks up to in the 95, which is elite for a lefty like Perez, the rest of your stuff plays up a little better. He's added a cutter, basically traded a slider, which was getting hammered for a cutter, which is untouchable. Righties and lefties are having a tough time picking that up. Um, It's another weapon for him against both sides of the plate. And that's primarily what the difference that I see from the Perez that I came to know in Texas. He's, he's also having some success with his changeup, but I think the two big things are the velocity's up and he's ditched a bad pitch for an elite pitch slider to the cutter, which still has a little bit of that vertical depth. It'll just allows him to do so many different things. Um, Here's an example of another thing. Derek Falvey said yesterday that Pujols got that double that moved Trout over to third base early in the game. And he's like, yeah, well, you see this with Perez, a guy that has a good card that runs in on righty's hands. They start to cheat inside. You know what he means by that is they start to bail out a little bit, knowing that pitch is running at him, running at him, running at him. If I move my body out physically away from home plate as a right-handed hitter, I'm able to barrel that ball inside of my hands a lot more easily. That's what Pujols did. So... The fascinating thing now, if you're seeing hitters start to do that, guess what opens up? Outer third of the plate, they can't touch you. If they're falling off and you drop that change up the other way that, that runs kind of down and out. They flail. They look dumb. Hey, you Good big league hitters have taken some ugly swings against Martin Perez. So I think it's a combination of things. It's never just one thing. But the fact that he's dialed up each of his weapons and now he can use them in concert so much better, it's really tying big league hitters in knots right now. Amazing. So, so are, are those six people, though, are they each it's breaking something? It's more than something? six. Well, but, told me six. But are I they bre- it's but, way are, more. But are they breaking things down to then uh, give to Wes Johnson to go sort of present to Perez? Sure, yeah. I think that's part of the chain. I think Hefner's part of the chain. Falvey's part so of the is, chain. This is what I'd love to know. I bet you LaTroy Hawkins, guys like that, they could be part of that chain too. Like, Johan Santana, who's, uh, what would you call him, an advisor, an ambassador yeah. with the Twins, whatever. He was talking with Martin Perez in spring training. Is there a better lefty on the planet no. to learn a changeup from than that guy? No, there's not. So, But, but the interesting thing goes back to... and. Takes a village. And this is why I think the current construction of the coaching staff is so important. The interesting thing in all of this goes back to then going to one point person to sort of go through, because you can't go to Martin Perez with 87 ideas. Right. He'll be like, what? So what intrigues me now is is you've got, let's say, 100 ideas, and you but you go to one person with them. And that person distills them and comes in with... Okay, here, fourth. Yeah, I think it's three. I think I could give him three things that say, hey, come pitch for us. And Falvey talked about that at Twins Fest. We'll get your velocity up. Yep. That'll help. We'll get the cutter, and then we'll work with Johan freaking Santana on a lethal changeup. Right. So uh, that's that's fascinating stuff that we learned from Falvey. We're going to hit a quick break, come back after this on the Score North First Place Twin Show on AM1500 and scorenorth.com. How to become a fan of baseball and everything you need to know about how baseball works. And it might get a little crazy, but let's get straight to it. Whoever scores the most runs wins. It's the Score North Twin Show. Twins. twins coverage on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Score North, Minnesota Sports. Anytime, anywhere. ScoreNorth.com. fourth against Harvey and another take measure shot number three from Sano on a 3-2 pitch and it's eight to nothing that highlight courtesy 
of Dick Bramer and Fox Sports North. This is the Score North first place twin show with Manny Hill producing and Judd Zalget alongside. I'm Derek Wetmore. We're going to wrap up with a couple more Derek Falvey insights and we can just go boom, boom, boom here at the end of the Score North first place twin show. Can I add something very quickly? Yeah, man. There's something to be said about being in a ballpark like yesterday. I mean, obviously I wasn't there, but a ballpark that is for the most part empty or the crowd is very quiet (laughs) because you can then really tell how hard a baseball is hit. And that one by Sano was just absolutely crushed. Well, and you have a veteran broadcaster. I don't think he'd mind me calling him a veteran broadcaster. Dick Bramer, a longtime voice of the Twins, said... Oh my! Like, yeah. You know, you just you catch a guy like that off guard. Somebody who's seen a lot of home runs in his time—that's uh, that's a little bit special. If you're a Twins lineup with that much pop, uh, best lineup in baseball might be close to getting better. Boys, Nelson Cruz is going to be evaluated today on the field at Target Field ahead of the homestand, and if all goes well. They expect to activate him from the injured list. That could happen as early as tonight, guys. You add a slugging DH, the caliber hitter of Nelson Cruz, and this lineup just got a little bit deeper. It looks like he's not in tonight, but he, he could still be back. Not in the, not in the starting yeah, lineup. I saw what yep. FanDuel, I believe, put it out. and Oh, uh, weird. A gambling website had the lineup first? You know, hey, I got a quick question. How I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get us no, off the rails. No, no, no. Quick question. How on God's green earth do teams now have to turn their <laughs> lineup brutal. into Vegas? No, but here's here's my question. We now see teams announcing a starting pitcher, but then going with an opener, right? Oh yeah. How's it's that allowed? No, but how's that allowed? Wow. Like, like if I'm going to bet on a game. Because if the opener gets shelled, Rob or, Manfred has not caught up on this. Okay, yet, but he thinks about his gambling. Just call insights. me up. I'll, I'll help you. Yeah, if you're right. going to mandate that Rocco Baldelli send basically come up with his lineup for the night and then and then immediately send it to Vegas, mm-hmm. you can't have an opener that's not your starting pitcher. Just do what we said. Like we an were opener, do. you can announce that. Sure, he's going to pitch the first. But the Angels are doing few this. hitters. I know that. Yeah, the Angels. But this should not be allowed. This is well, not hard. Do what we said we were going to do a month ago and institute our friend Rami Makhlouf as commissioner of baseball. A lot of these problems get fixed. No, he's got bad ideas. Rob Manfred no, no, has, no, a, has a sort of a parachute <laughs> no, job for no. him. He can come co-host the Score North First Place Twin no, Show. No, Rami is not commissioner Rami of baseball. Dome on everything. We'd make that trade. It'd be great. Hey, the Twins would have played on time this week if there yeah. was a dome in Southern California. Just saying. I don't care. I'm glad Rami's not here for this. That would have been This would have been an insufferable show. Anyway, sorry. With go him. ahead. The Miguel Sano sound also reminds me that, uh, oh my gosh, the Twins got another Thunder bat in their lineup. We weren't sure exactly what he was going to be, but some of the insights Derek Falvey gave were pretty fascinating. Um, thought number two here from Derek Falvey that, that I thought was really interesting anyways was Sano's working on seeing the spin, and he can work on that before a game with the machines that, that'll that'll throw out. You put one spinner faster than the other and gives you a breaking ball. That's great. But there's nothing, Falvey said, like facing live pitching on the mound. Start to see some of those breaking balls, see some of that stuff. And that leads into thought number three, actually, which is Miguel Sano was actually behind uh, Matt Harvey in that first home run that he hit. And that allowed Harvey to just go sort of steady diet of breaking balls. It wasn't necessarily for the purpose of off speed because when your fastball is 91 there's not a lot of off speed you can do but it was spin it was breaking stuff trying to get Sano swing and miss get him into a bad count get him to chase expand the strike zone get rid of him be done but Sano hung in there and he took that heavy diet of breaking balls and took close pitches and then 
walloped a home run. Derek Falvey said that's a that's a sign that uh, he's getting more comfortable with that. I took that as a viewer as a real sign of progress for Miguel Sano, who's basically going through his version of spring training right now. And I, I hope that the Giants thought the same exact thing. Because <laughs> like, when I call about Bumgarner, I want them. I want the Giants. I want to say I am sending you a product that is clearly improved. Oh my gosh! Send your scouts out here. I'm not trading him, but that's okay. See that's what you got. Me. Thought number four hey, is uh, Derek Some of Falvey opportunity. Don't let it go. Brought up a really interesting thing about C.J. Crone. And Manny, I remember you bringing this up on a Five Thoughts show very early on in the season about being impressed with the kind of fielder that yeah. C.J. Crone is over at first base. I, I guess I don't know that I put this together, but Falvey said, yeah, we thought he could be because he was behind Albert Pujols in L.A. That's why I didn't play a lot of first base. Yep. And Albert just loves to play the field. Uh and then in Tampa, of course, he was behind, was it uh, Dickerson was playing? I, I can't remember who's playing first base from that year. But mm-hmm. anyway, C.J. Crone, Rocco Baldelli had the first hand scattering report and said, yeah, this guy's actually pretty good with the glove. If you plugged him in for Joe Maurer and he's your everyday first baseman, he'd acquit himself pretty well, and he has. Very quick question on him because he has been so much better than I think anybody expected. I thought he'd be, he'd be solid. Sure. What are they going to do with him? Are they going to have to pay him? Well, no. Yeah, I don't think so. No, they're not. I think this is a weird situation where Miguel Sano, you'll see. I mean, 2020, 2021, mm-hmm. what's that going to be? But they got Alex Kirilov also playing some first base sure. down there. And now he's not off to a super hot start. He had the wrist injury that sort of slowed down his season. I think I think but, Scope I think Scope's gone, Crone's gone. I think that's a mm-hmm. very real possibility. This is a one this is a this this is a best case but there is never a plan to keep that that bunch of the core. It's going to be... This is an investment L- in 2019. Lewis, Lewis long-term at shortstop. Polanco's going to move to second. And I think Kirilov's probably ultimately going to play first as long as Kepler's here. Because sure. at this rate right now, Crone is setting himself up for a really yep. big He's gonna get paid this winter. He's going to get paid. Scope's going to get paid. He gets 45 bombs this Jake year. Jake going to get paid. Yep. Yeah. But Kyle twi- Gibson could get paid. We'll see. But if you're the Twins, you looked at all these guys and said... Prove yourself. Yep. And now they're doing they it. They are. And now they're all the going to get paid. But guess what? I, I think the Twins, I, the right side of your infield in very short order here, I think is going to be much different. It's amazing. It's amazing what they've done in such short order. And there's no sign of this it, team slowing down. It's the opposite of last year. Yeah. The, the investments this year are working. Things are a all, year ago, they did not work. Things are all breaking so right. This is the Score North First Place Twin Show with Manny Hill producing... Judd Zolgad, I'm Derek Wetmore saying see you later, and we'll catch you next week when we expand to five days a week. Catch us at noon every day on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait. What rewards? A dual operator skin. Man, I love operator skins. Dual double XP and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.